Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Rock Thomas, and on this episode, you're going to learn how to run a kick-ass event and get clients. Hi, I'm Rudy Rodriguez, and welcome to today's episode on the High Profit Event Show. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Rock Thomas. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thanks, Rudy. Good to see you, bud. Yeah, you too, Rock. And uh, I want to do a couple, a quick intro for our audience so they they know who you are if they haven't heard of you already. Um, Rock is the founder of Rock Thomas International, and I mean, Rock, you've been around the block as a speaker, a coach, a trainer. Uh, you know, you've worked with some of the uh, the biggest names in the industry, like Tony Robbins, T. Hart Eckerd, Deepak Chopra, uh, Charlie Miss, Cody Sanchez, John Gray, David Data, uh, David Wolf, Jack Canfield, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Stephen Covey. You, you've run and sold several businesses and uh, six award-winning uh, Remax franchises, um, including Keller Williams, prestige franchise owner, and you enjoy golfing, plant-based foods, and uh, after doing 75-day challenges, you do yoga, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you know, um, as far as events go, you've been in the business for over 30 years, as well as a motivational speaker and doing events for a number of years, including running your own events uh, with the M1 Mastermind program. Um, excited to have you on the show here and sharing with us your best, uh, you know, secrets and tips on how to create a kick-ass event that gets clients. Yeah, I mean, after being a student for so long, Rudy, um, I uh, think the lights are going out on me. Hang on a second here. Okay, so, uh, so first a student, I think we're always first a student, and I was struggling in my life, and I got into real estate, and that's when I first went to a convention, and I saw the magnitude of the opportunity to be influenced during that time, and then I went on the Tony Robbins bandwagon, 78 events, um, 19 as a participant, and the rest as a trainer, and then I started just searching. I'm a seeker and a searcher, and I started to go to T. Harbecker and I always went with an eye of learning at the event and then how to run an event. What's happening behind the stage? What are the volunteers doing? What are, how are they selling from the stage? And then in 2003, I did my very first event called Inside the Millionaire Mindset. I still remember today, I had 13 people and, um, and I did a board breaking exercise on the Friday night and I tried to model Tony as best I could. I had the music and... I had my children dancing on stage before, you know, I came out like Tony. <laughs> um, it was kind of comical now, but I, I'd say I've matured and evolved to um, a more a robust but gentler event. I have learned one principle, Rudy. I don't know if, if this is something you've heard before, but people really need to feel safe in your space for them to open up. And if they're not safe, they're going to be like, leaning back, closed, tight, 
So the first thing I try to do is create an open, comfortable, safe space. And I stole this from Burning Man, where uh, the first thing I say when I welcome people on stage is, in this environment, we subscribe to something called aggressive inclusion. And that means that if you're walking downstairs, coming from your hotel room, and you see two people speaking, it is the responsibility of those two speak people speaking to have an awareness around and go, hey, Rudy, Rudy, come over here. We're talking about, uh, you know, what we do in the shower when uh, we're not in a relationship and how many times we do that. And uh, we want to ask you, how, you know, do you ever do that? And so you pull people in because one of the biggest fears we have is not to belong, not to fit in. And we fake we're on our phones and we do stuff like that and we pretend we're busy when really what we want to do is be included. So what I found is that people run down from their hotel rooms and they come out of the woodwork to be part of the community. And once you foster that, then everybody feels connected. And that's probably been one of the biggest breakthroughs for me in, in leading events today is we have really great attendance, 100% attendance at our events. Like you don't have people, you know, like, you know, you have 90 people at the event and you're like, how come there's 20 empty chairs in the third day? Like what, what? That doesn't happen in our events. Everybody's accountable, everybody's accounted for, and everybody wants to be there because we want them to be there and we notice when they're not. But say that's one of the things that really has helped me. That's actually a huge point, I think, to, to recap and emphasize. Like, Because one of the problems that event leaders oftentimes have, especially you know day two or day three, or maybe right before they make an offer where they need people in the room, is they're like, hey, why do we have empty chairs in the room? You know, we have, we sold 100 tickets, we counted 100 heads in the room day one, but now we got 50 people in the room. What's going on? And then you go outside and people are on their cell phones or talking that maybe they're in their hotel room or they just left the event or whatever. Like creating from the beginning the culture of inclusion actually leads to retention, which leads to engagement and value and ultimately clients, right? So I think that's, that's a huge kind of a, point that you made up front that solves the problem of not having empty seats in the room <laughs> yeah and people want to be noticed and they want to be wanted and so if somebody's not in the room and our staff is training i'm like well where's where's john where's betty you're like oh we'll go look and you go to their room or you find them outside and you go rock rocks beginning the session he wants to know if you're coming in people are like wow they really care and we've all heard this before. Nobody want, no, cares how much you know until they know how much you care. But the reality is, is people, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. And so when we do an event, you know, we, we do events for 500 people, but most of our events are smaller than 100. It's actually, you can keep track of the people that are there if you have a good team. And then people will just kind of find you and say, we miss you. Are you coming? Right? You did come here to participate, right? And if they have to make a call or they have to do something, then they're asked to go to the staff and say, hey, I can't make the beginning of this segment. I've got a call, a business call, call my family, what have you, but I will be in 15 minutes. And that way it's a big extended family. And so that's, I would say, has been one of the biggest things for us. The other thing that we do is we do something active when people arrive for registration. So we'll have some form of a game uh, depending on the event, when we do adventure at, at events, we can sometimes play ultimate Frisbee somewhere in a parking lot or a park or something. So you register, you get your t-shirt and your hat and stuff. And they're like, hey, you want to go down and 
we have a shuttle, whatever. And so for an hour or two, people are playing together. And it's so much easier for people to connect when they're playing versus going into a stale environment where you're having a cup of coffee or something. And you're like, oh, hey, Rudy, where are you from? Uh, instead, it's like, oh, pass over here, pass over here. Oh, yeah. Celebrating a touchdown or what have you. And then they come back and people feel like they already know each other. They've sweat together. They've laughed together. They've scored together. They've cried together. They've missed things. Um, and so that's been another way to kick off the event during what could often be sort of awkward time. If you have a lot of people that don't know each other and some people are a little bit intimidated. You always have your high eyes and people that are expressive, that are comfortable and they enjoy that. So that's another way. So now then when I get on stage and I start talking about things and I will go out and play with people too, people are like connected and feeling excited. Then I set the context of the entire event and then we go through that process. But I guess we talk about what do you do before the event. There's of course uh, the marketing to the individuals. I have a pretty tight um, mastermind group. So a lot of my events today are marketed directly to the members itself and to some outside members. So the majority of people we know already. And so we do a call before the event to pre-frame the event and get people to prepare for the event, what to expect, how to be best prepared, what to do. Um, and today you can do it on Zoom so people get to see each other. And so again, they don't feel cold. And all this time, by the time people get to the event, you have your first time when you sit down with people in the room, then you can really kick off the event where people don't feel like strangers. Now, that first presentation that any speaker does to me is really, really important. And so one of the things I learned from T.R. Becker is to ask people how far they came from. Where did they travel from? And when you see that people flew from Dubai to come to a Rock Thomas event and somebody drove 45 minutes and was late coming to Arizona, um, it gives perspective that there's some credibility. Well, man, I got to come just from down the street or I flew from LA to Phoenix to, to listen to, to Rock's event, but somebody flew from Dubai, another person came from Europe, another person came from Australia, and all of a sudden they're like, wow, there must be some value in here. And so you, I just think it's important for people to have perspective. So that's another thing we do in that first one. And then, of course, what I do is all of the housekeeping stuff, I have somebody else do. First of all, I'll forget half the stuff because I'm not really that interested in it. And secondly, if you're doing all of it as a speaker, you're doing the housekeeping and you're telling them where the bathrooms are and the lunch and all of that, I think it takes away from your authority. Have somebody else come on and do that. You do the speaking, you do the training, have somebody else come in and tell them about the logistics. So that's kind of like the beginning parts, Rudy, of how I set things up. And uh, if you want, I can talk about some of my content structure and what I do to help them go home to win. Yeah, this is great. Uh, Rock, as a recap, what I heard you say here in the last few minutes. Um, so one uh the playing a game at registration i've never heard that before like intentionally sending that up like ultimate frisbee or summit to get people bonding with each other which is from the beginning is kind of creating that that expectation of radical inclusion like you mentioned before um also love you know the way you set people up for success into your events you have current community of mastermind members that you promote events to but you set them up with emails 
with Zoom calls ahead of time to let them know what to do to be show up prepared. And then, you know, at the beginning of the event, you not yourself, because it takes away from your authority, but you have a member of your team go through all those logistics and and you know house uh, items up front again so that everyone knows what to expect and uh and they can be present in the room. That's great, man. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about a little bit more about your uh, your content strategy and how you structure your event to make it kick ass and get clients. <laughs> yeah, so we um, we have people that volunteer and we have staff. So we obviously have meetings before with all of those different levels, if you will, of participation and supporting the event. And so everybody is reviewing their role, how to show up. Um, has show up, of course, with radical inclusion, welcoming people. Oh, hey, Rudy, come on in. And not overdoing it authentically, but being mindful, not like in your own little world with your head down. I went to an amazing Mind Valley event with Vishen Lakhiani, love the guy, but all of his staff were from, you know, I think Estonia. Some of them spoke English, some of them didn't. And I felt that they were told not to participate with the participants, not to look at them. And it just felt a little bit disconnected to me. Still a cool event, just a different energy. I prefer when people are aware and they're always of service and helping people make them feel included, make them, you know, drive them to the right places at the right time. If you've ever gone to a restaurant or something, you say, excuse me, where the bathroom is? Isn't it nice when that person walks you to the bathroom to make sure you got there? Versus just down the hallway, turn left, and you get lost. So we have a bit more of that attitude. To me, back in the day, Rudy, I started my events, just modeled Tony Robbins as early as possible, six o'clock in the morning. Virtually all my events have meditation and yoga first thing. Um, that's you know something I've adopted in my life, and I think most people don't do it. And so we do it at events, and people love it. So I used to start like at 5.30 or 6 a.m. Now we start closer to 7.30 or 8. We realize that people work so hard. They're running so hard in their personal lives. Coming to an event and jamming 16 hours and finishing at 11 o'clock at night no longer serves people. We have a lot more time off. Uh, I used to have run a pattern in my brain of, okay, let's get back to the content. Let's get back to the content and kind of force people back into the room. And I realized people want to connect, they want to chat, they need to digest, they need to be able to call loved ones or check an email and then come back to the room. So we have a lot more loosey-goosey kind of flow in what we do. And each segment is structured in a way that can vary from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And usually in each structure, there's some form of movement, participation, engagement. And of course, when I have guest speakers, I try to keep things a bit of a mystery. I don't like to tell people everything that's gonna happen. At the beginning of the event, I say, listen, rest your mind, stop thinking about, okay, I'm gonna have two hours of content, then an hour for lunch, and two hours of content, and then a half hour break. And No, we're not doing that pattern. We're gonna do a pattern that will serve you, but stop thinking about what's upcoming. Stay present. I'm not gonna tell you who your secret speakers are, not going to tell you exactly what time it ends. We're not going to tell you exactly when you eat. And that allows people to have a different perspective, at least at our events. Most of our events include food and accommodations. And so we have people eat really light. It would be not a surprise, Rudy, for people to come to me after a three and a half day event and say, I've lost four or five pounds. 
not surprising at all. Uh, I had a guy at this last event come up to me and said his glucose, he's diabetic, went down from 123 to 80. I don't really know what that means, but he goes, I haven't been down at this level for a long time. Simply by hanging out in the right environment with better food choices. I've had people that have gone home, taken up uh, eating vegan or at least plant-based and gotten rid of chronic pain they've had for years, for a decade off of medication. And so that's just like a little bonus, byproduct bonus, because I've learned how to eat that way. And most people don't know that they don't need to eat so much. But all of those little things contribute to a different perspective, a transformation, an opening. And so when people go home, now they have to find a way to integrate that. And so we have a special way that people can do that too. But just to give you an idea, it's, it's familial, it's fun, it's connected, and we have music, it's playful. Um, I like to be really you know, driven for content, but I also want to make sure we're having fun. So I goof around a little bit. And sometimes when we do events at the house here, my dog, Tesla, will just roam around from one person to the next, um, go downstairs, upstairs, what have you, come outside with us and play. And so we really make it a place where people can feel comfortable to transform their lives, which is really what they need. That's awesome, Tom. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, my takeaway here from what you shared here is, um, your transition where you know you once uh, modeled Tony Robbins starting at six in the morning going to nine or ten at night with no breaks and no food and all that stuff. Uh, I know you and I know how Tony tends to roll um, but you've kind of made it your own over the years and allowing for more space uh, you know time during the event where people can connect um, you know and keeping your content to blocks of roughly 45 to 90 minutes um, with plenty of movement and activity and also, I think the key, the key takeaway here is um, having them be present, like, you know, telling them, hey, don't worry about predicting what the next thing's going to be or the next speaker is, just drop in right now and get the value and um, and just keeping the guest speakers a mystery. So I thought that was, that was a good takeaway. Um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you know, we... I I haven't got scientifically the number on this one, but I asked people, how much time do you spend thinking about a conversation you've had with somebody in your life in general, like, oh, I should have said this and I said that and, and then preparing for a conversation you're going to have with somebody. Okay, well, I'm going to prove to them that they don't clean the house properly and that I do this and so I'm going to say that. Oh, no, and if they say that, then I'll say this. And people spend somewhere between 30 to 40% of their time preparing for something and missing the present. And so at our events, I, I help them to change that habit by just saying okay just let us take you for the ride trust us you're safe you'll be taken care of you'll the temperature will be good in the room you'll have water you'll have something to drink you'll have you know you'll feel safe and cozy and good and then during the time that we teach and you know this from teaching and speaking yourself that i do a lot of call and response you know, so I have people finish sentences and I have them turn to each other and I'll say, OK, so take a minute and tell the person beside you what we just talked about. What did you take away from that? So there's a high level of participation. If I just speak at people for 45 minutes or 90 minutes, people aren't going to remember it. They're not going to integrate it. And so I'll, we'll put people into breakout groups three people, change them up, women, men. We'll have them go outside, downstairs 
do different things so that they're pulling the information out. I learned this, at, I don't know who I learned this from, but education comes from the word edzu, which is to take out, to pull out. And so if you just listen, you get to the end of a three-day event, you know, ask somebody on the plane, what'd you learn? They're going to go, ah, uh, let me get my notebook. Uh, I don't even remember, right? And so at the end of each segment, I try to get people to pull one thing and I give them a little hint. I said, what I do is I take the back of my book, my journal or whatever I was given, and I write down the things from each segment, the one thing from that segment that I'm going to take home and I'm going to practice. And I might end up with seven things and I might only choose one a week for the next seven weeks or whatever. But when you do that, you can capture the essence of the training and start to integrate it into your life. Otherwise, you get home and you're like, that was a great event. I feel good. What do I do? I'm overwhelmed. You get busy. And three weeks later, you've done nothing. That's actually one of the reasons that I started my year-long membership is because I saw people go to Tony Robbins, get fired up with their life, literally walk on fire, building a change of state. Yes, yes, yes. Wham. And all that stuff. And then I would see them come back two years later and nothing's improved. They maybe even gained weight or they were doing worse in the relationship or they were pissed off because they had the keys to the castle, but they couldn't maintain it because environment stronger than willpower. So a big part of taking it home is realizing that you run home and you start telling people about your newfound information. They don't have your perspective. So if you tell them you just spent three days with Rock Thomas eating plant-based, you lost four pounds and you think you're going to change your ways, they can't relate. They're going to go, no, let's go to McDonald's. You know, like, ah, and you start that whole battle. So having a supportive environment that you can go home to or that you can keep and maintain in your community is something that will allow you to integrate. So a lot of our events, like the event we just came off of, we will follow up one hour a week for 12 weeks to maintain the standard. There's not really any use, in my opinion, Rudy, of going to an event if you don't have some sort of a follow-up integration process. The, the event leader is cheating the people if he's not teaching them during the event how to take it home, and when they're at home, how to maintain it and how to integrate it because everything's a practice. And I say to people at the event, practice makes what? And people are like, practice makes perfect. And I'm like, no, practice makes permanent, right? And so when you're going home and you're practicing things, you're not going to have it perfect because it's new. You're going to do it wrong. But if you have a group that you're meeting on a regular basis and you get feedback and you see other people doing it, you're going, oh, yeah, okay, no, no, I forgot. I'm your uncle morning. I need, to, I need to do it first thing and not look at my phone. Right, right, right. I forgot. I forgot. Okay, good, 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 good. And so all those little tweaks. You know, when I started in real estate, I was a terrible agent, Rudy. Terrible. The worst. I made one sale in my first year. But I knocked on doors and I called people and I showed up. But I failed my way forward. I was so motivated to succeed because I was desperate. I kept on taking action. But it was terrible action because I had no clue what I was doing. Eventually, I figured it out because there was no other ways to not succeed. I found the path. But it, why not find a path from somebody who's successful? And how about if you are practicing, you have somebody giving you feedback every day? That's how you course correct quickly. That's how you succeed quickly. And so that's what I've incorporated in my events is you know, during the event, getting feedback by discussing with other people, going home, 
getting feedback and integrating before the event preparing so that when you go home, you choose the particular thing you're going to practice. If you're gonna practice complimenting people more, if you wanna be more extroverted, if you wanna put yourself out there more. And so you have a little process, a timer or something that goes off, wherever you are, you gotta compliment somebody that's there to build that muscle. And you realize that, hey, yeah, maybe I'm not so introverted. I could do that, I could be that kind of a person. And then a whole new part of you comes up. Maybe you need to be more assertive. Right? Maybe you need to be more masculine with your, with your mother or with your parents or with your spouse. And so then you need to practice that, witness that, et cetera. So to me, the event starts way before the event happens and the event doesn't end the day it ends. Now it's integration. And so that's how I run my events because to me, I'm interested in transformation. The difference to me, Rudy, between change and transformation is change you can lose 10 pounds and gain 10 pounds. You changed twice, in fact, but you're right back where you started. Transformation is when you decide on a new outcome or result that you want for yourself or your family and you create a lifestyle. That's why when people around me lose weight, they don't lose weight rapidly. They lose it slowly because I get them to take on a new lifestyle. And that's how you create lasting change. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, great, great point you made there. Because at, at the end of the event, we don't want people to attend the event and make a change and then revert back to where they were prior. I mean, I guess that would be making a change, changing one way and changing back. But we want them to transform their their life and their business by transforming their how they live their life, right? Their lifestyle. Um, I love that example that you gave of, hey, they're going to lose weight gradually and then eventually they'll be there versus like the Hey, I can, Tony Robbins says, you know, I can, you can cut off a leg and lose, you know, 20 pounds, <laughs> but it's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, that's excellent. And I, I, I saw, I heard your emphasis on making sure that there's uh, one during the event, you're, you're letting them know how to be set up for success, you know, writing down their action items, their, you know, three, four, five, seven items reviewing daily and, uh, and also creating a structure for integration beyond the event. Like you mentioned, you have, you meet with your members one week uh, or one time a week for 12 weeks to make sure it's fully integrated. Um, so I have a question for you, Rock. Um, we haven't gotten to discuss it yet. This is part of it. I know it's top of mind for most event leaders. You know, I believe that when people pay money, they pay attention, right? If they come to your event and it's totally free and you ask them to do all these things and they're not paying for it, they're not going to pay a lot of attention. <laughs> Um, how do you go about, you know, either enrolling clients or more importantly, you're at the event, they've already become your clients or they're already existing clients, but, you know, getting them to, um, you know, invest, uh, the money and the time so that they do pay attention and they do integrate and they do, you know, continue the relationship. Like what's your, your uh, strategy around that? Yeah, first of all, I agree with that 100%. I have tried to help Uber drivers, different people that and said, hey, listen, I'm running the event. You look like you're going through a tough time. Come on in, I'll give you a free pass, et cetera. And as I'd say, sadly, 90% of them, you know, by the second day, they don't show up or what have you. And it's just, they're not ready. And so we usually put our money in things that we think are going to, we need, or we're going to, you know, change our life. So I agree 100% with that. I think, the second part is that most people don't know how to learn, Rudy. They're really just bad students. 
And so they go to these events and they're already thinking to themselves on some inner narrative that, you know, I'll probably go home and they have a list of other things they've done, books they've read, not changed. So they're already closed a little bit to their own evolution. So that's why there's in my events so much play and so much interaction, because I want to teach them that they have a bad strategy for integrating what they're learning. One of the reasons I'm such a great student and teacher is as soon as I learn something, I run and teach it to somebody. I'll teach it to my kids. I'll teach it to my girl. I'll teach it to my mother. I'll teach it to my friend, my neighbor. I'll teach it to somebody on the plane. I'm like, hey, I just came back from this event. I'm starting to learn the seven master steps from Tony Robbins. You won't believe it. Step number one is you got to define what the person wants, man. You got to know what they want. Number two, you got to know why they don't want it. Think about how brilliant that is. Basic coaching. Ask what they want and what they don't want. It's really cool. Do you want to hear the other steps? And I get fired up, right? And I tell it again and again and again and again. And then it goes in and out, in and out, in and out. You wake me up in the middle of the night. Boom, and I can do it. I remember going back to a Tony Robbins event when I was a, a young trainer. They were doing Leadership Academy. I don't know if you ever did that, but they teach, right, how to do the seven master steps. And they needed an example of somebody that walked on fire. They were going to do a mock fire walk on stage. And they had me do it. And the reason they had me do it is because I was doing it one day at the back of the room, just because that's what I did. I practiced what I was taught. When I came back from my first fire walk, what I did was every morning I woke up, I went downstairs in the, my basement and I did a mock fire walk. I pretended I was going to walk on fire. I made my move. I made my move. Yes, 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 yes. And I walked on my carpet and I said, cool, moss, cool, moss, cool, moss. And I celebrated at the end, just like I was doing it. I was integrating it into the cells of my body. And so most people don't pay attention because they don't believe they're going to transform. They're not excited about the information coming in. And so as a, as a teacher, I do my best to get them excited at what they're actually listening. And I used to say, you're going to go home and do your homework. Now I just call it a practice. I go, do, do, do baseball players practice? Do athletes practice? Do actors practice? Do top people rehearse scripts and dialogues and practice salespeople? Yes, they do. Everybody out there, a doctor has a practice, a dentist has a practice, a lawyer has a practice. Everybody's practicing, but the person who's a professional salesperson, they don't need to practice anymore. Are you kidding me? You don't need to practice at changing your diet. You don't need to practice at, you know, integrating better ways to communicate with yourself and your spouse. No, we all should go home and have a practice. And so that's what I encourage people to do. And then in so doing, like I said to you before, I could tell them, you know, I, what we do at the end of the event is the day before the event, we obviously, you know, introduce them to continuing education with us. We always do at seminar specials and we tell them, I tell them now point blank, Rudy, I say, listen, you're going to go home. You're going to get caught up and we have another event coming in six months, three months, whatever. We would love for you to look at our menu, this event, that event, that event. You know, we got money, we got men and women fully expressed, we have life design, where you, and we give a brief description. And I say, but you know what? You're human, and we're going to send you an email, and you're going to procrastinate. You're going to think about it. You're going to put it off. Then my staff is going to call you up, and they're going to say, hey, are you coming? And you go, yeah, I want to come. Let me check the schedule with my wife. You're going to do all of that, and my, I'm going to have to pay my staff to run after you. So let's just make a deal. We'll take 500 bucks off right now. Go to the back of the room, save yourself a bunch of agony, save my staff agony, 
and just sign up for the event. You got 30 days, just put down 500 bucks. You got 30 days to change your mind and decommit from your own evolution. That's on you. But let's just make it simple for everybody. Go ahead and sign up. And so maybe it's for me, it's just become really, you know, after doing it so, so long, I know the patterns and um, I'm just like, let's just, let's, let's be real here, folks. You know, and I know some of you, you don't have money right now or whatever the case may be, go to the staff We'll work something out for you. We have payment plans, we have different things, but you got to commit to yourself. You know, my life is awesome because I said yes to a lot of events and I just want to invite you to do the same thing. That's how you're going to accelerate your transformation. And so it's not a hard sell. It's just kind of like a matter of fact thing of like, look, you want to come or you don't want to come. And so that's really how I've done it uh, over time. I don't know if that answers your question. Rock, that was gold right there. And I love, like you said, you've done it so long, you know the patterns, you know what's predictable for human behavior. And you just say it in a matter of fact way. I've actually never heard it said that way. Like, hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go home, you're going to get emails, you're going to ignore my team. I have to pay my team to chase you down. <laughs> so why don't we just make a deal? <laughs> How about I just pass you that in the form of 500 bucks of savings if you just go to the back of the room right now and, yeah. and just commit now and they'll still give you 30 days to <laughs> work it out in your head. <laughs> That's brilliant. And it's true. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my life won't change that much whether they sign up or not per se. Right. I yeah. love the fulfillment of transforming lives. And of course I run a business, but it's more the person that is sitting in that seat that's looking for some new information and needs some accountability to do the practice to change that needs a nudge in the right direction at that time. And so we try to make it easy as possible for people to change. Yeah, I love it. Setting people up for success, making it easy for them to make that shift and, and continue. Right. This has been a outstanding interview. Lots of gold value here. I'm going to recap. I took notes. I'm going to review this myself. You know, I, I'm going to go and teach some things that you taught me today, <laughs> just like you do. Um, so I appreciate you so much. So for our audience um, that want to learn more about you and what you do and maybe maybe come into your world a little bit more, what would be the best way for them to uh, to learn more about you and what you do? Or to reach you yeah rockthomas.com my website you can check us out there um, there's several tabs there about our events and about different things that we do and um, and then social media uh, i have a youtube channel i have a podcast and uh, of course you know all the usual handles I, I do some free content on instagram and tiktok and all those usual places if they want to have a have a little taste and i have one video that's gone out on youtube that's been seen by 125 million people it's um it's under the the banner of goal cast and so that's usually a good one for people to check out if they really want to hear my story of triumph over adversity and um and how i grew up as a farm boy and you know became a multimillionaire with no help in fact the youngest is seven kids helped all my older brothers and sisters so um, so those are some of the ways, Rudy. Awesome, Rod. Thanks for sharing. And for our audience, go check out Rock, rockthomas.com. Go to one of his events, getting into his world. I've known Rock for, for years now, and uh, he's a great guy. He's the real deal. So thank you, Rock, for being a guest on our show today. And with that being said, uh, we'll call it a wrap. My pleasure, Rudy. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. 
If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.